Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. Good to have you here to maximize your influence. Kurt Mortensen here, podcast number 268. As we continue on with some listener email on how to influence with copywriting, we're going to take a deeper dive there. Hopefully everyone's having an awesome week, feeling good, eating fatty foods for the holidays, all of the above. I've been doing webinars all week, four hours a day. You would think sitting in my home office in my lazy boy that that would be relaxing but for some reason i think webinars take more energy out of me than talking to a live audience can't explain it i don't know if it just takes more bandwidth to be energetic to be engaged when you can't see people i think that's part of it you don't get as much feedback you don't get to see nonverbals. you don't get to see people excited and taking notes anyway for those that are doing webinars, shout out to you. It takes a lot more energy and effort. Again, nice to do it in your pajamas in a lazy boy where nobody can see you. And you don't even have to comb your hair. But anyway, that's what I've been focusing on. I'm getting ready to fly out to Cairo, Egypt. And also a seminar in Alexandria. And I have found it's hard to find a direct flight from the United States to Cairo. There are a few but I'm doing a layover in Paris. I actually have 12 hours in Paris, so if you want to send me an email at Kurt, K-U-R-T at Maximize Your Influence, and let me know what I can do for 12 hours in Paris, or if you have any comments, thoughts, jokes, rude remarks, I will take them all as we wind up the year. So let's kick things off. Instead of having a blunder, it's time for a ninja. Now, last week I talked about the blunder and the restaurant, everything that went wrong. And this week I'm going to do a ninja. So this is a local restaurant. You would recognize the name. It has great food, and we ate there. And I realized I left a pretty hefty tip. This waitress had been very influential. Remember, this is all under the radar. I was just eating, wasn't thinking about it. And usually I'm analyzing these things, but I was just there to eat. But she got a really big tip. And so I took a look at my mental video to figure out what she did to become the ninja. Why did she get such a big tip? Why was she so influential? It's always interesting to people in the service industries who do not learn these skills or are not very friendly. And that was a big thing. She had a big smile, very friendly. There's a good connection there. There was nothing she did to repel us. And she promptly got us our drinks. And she was really good at filling those drinks. But then, you know, I was asking about a few things on the menu. She says, you know, most people prefer this one. She recommended other things, which to me always opens things up, especially if they recommend things that are less expensive. You're like, wait a minute, you've got a tip involved here. That opens it up for trust. And also after I placed my order, she said, good choice, which seems such like a silly minor thing, but it's a self-esteem thing where people are like, well, yes, it is a good choice. I make good choices. And she said that she was trained very, very well. She made sure we were taken care of all the way through. She kind of had a radar when it was a good time to approach and not a good time to approach. It was a business meeting. And when she brought the bill, she brought candy. 
Now, a lot of restaurants do this, but she did the old double take. And there's been studies on this one to where if they put down four or five pieces of candy, they look at the tip. But when they put down a couple pieces of candy, then kind of walk away a few feet, then come back and put a couple more, that double take can dramatically increase tips. Isn't that interesting? And then, of course, on the bill was a personalized message and a smiley face, step by step by step. Of course, it takes a little more energy, a little more bandwidth, takes a little more training, but when you're getting the big tips, it's worth every moment, which is true in your ability to persuade and influence. The more time you spend to learn about the customer, to understand these influence tools, and makes a big difference in your income. That takes us to the geeky article. Oh, boy! Again, this one's not as geeky. For some reason, I haven't been doing as many of the journals. This comes from a blog post written by Pete Caputa. Hopefully, I'm saying that right at PC4 Media. And the title is Nine Obnoxious Sales Phrases That Make Prospects Hang Up on You. Or I'm going to add, leave or say no. Now, in the day, these were probably really good phrases, but things get old, things get used, things get trite. And you got to change things up. And there's certain things that we hear were like, ding, ding, ding. They're going to try to sell me something. Hang up or run as fast as you can. So the first one he mentioned is, thank you for your time. Why are you thanking them for their time? They should be thanking you for your time, right? Why can't you say, was this call helpful to you or have something better to say? I think it's just one of those knee-jerk reactions when there's silence and you're not sure what to say next. Next one he mentions is, uh, just checking in. That means that the prospect didn't show up for their last appointment or didn't respond to an email. That's just kind of an old phrase that we use. I'm just checking in. I mean, where did that come from in the first place? Why can't you just say, I was just reviewing my notes or I missed something really important I need to tell you. Just checking in, one of the phrases you need to take out of your vocabulary. Along the same lines, I think touching base is one of those two where... Oh, just touching base. I mean, touching base, is that a baseball term? You're just touching base? Why'd you leave base in the first place? Come up with something different to say. Another one he mentions is, I wanted to. And the issue with that is like, well, it doesn't matter what you want. You're supposed to serve the prospects and find out what they want versus what you want. Recommend phrases like, hey, would you like to? Or my suggestions that we discussed. Those type of things. Does that sound like a good plan? Different things that you can say. You should map out your presentation so you don't get stuck in a situation where there's an awkward silence. And that's where we tend to use some of these lame phrases. Do you have the budget for this? And the challenge with that is usually too early in the process. You haven't built your value or differentiated yourself from the competition and that's just one of those high lactose cheese factor things that tend to say, ding, ding, they're trying to sell me something. Another one is, are you the decision maker? Everyone says they're going to be the decision maker. You got to be careful when and where you ask that question. Or another one, I don't want to waste your time. Well, you just brought it to their attention that you are wasting their time. And you've got to realize that your time is just as valuable as theirs. And you don't want to diminish yourself by saying, I don't want to waste your time. And there's a few more on the list, and I'll put the link at MaximizeYourInfluence.com where you can find more podcasts and all the links you need to take your Persuasion IQ or get your free book, Maximize Your Influence. But the one I do want to bring up is final one. We're all a little guilty of this one. Is this honestly, honestly speaking, or to be honest with you, well, you're not honest before? I mean, why are you being honest now? Why are you even bringing this up? Why are you even bringing up that word? 
Okay, take it out of your vocabulary. You'd be surprised how many salespeople I've seen use that word, and that's just subconscious. Like, okay, well, why are you being honest now? You, what were you before? One of those things that plants the wrong seed and causes you to repel your prospect. Remember last week, Lincoln from Atlanta wanted to know more about copywriting. We did some big picture stuff last week and want to finish some things up for you to help you understand what it takes to become a good copywriter, how to influence via text, via email, via blog, via website, whatever it is. If it's written down, you've got to be good at copywriting. So to review, last week we talked about being patient. You might have to rewrite your copy 10, 12 times, do an A-B test. Understand your demographic. That conversational format is the most persuasive. Really spending time on your headline, triggering emotions, and using logic. And we talked about verbal packaging, that every word you use can attract or repel people. Remember, just like we talked about, some of these words are getting old and they repel. For example, used car used to be not a big deal, but now it kind of triggers a bad feeling in people. To now they're doing pre-owned. I'm going to predict that pre-owned has been used a little too much where they're going to have to change that one up. So sometimes words get used too much. It gets too cheesy, high lactose. So you got to be very careful and test different words and word choice. Just from changing the word repair to fixed, simplifying it, increased response rates. Every word matters. So another safety tip here when you're writing good copy is thinking about your call to action. Actually, whether you're doing a persuasive presentation or writing sales copy, that's the thing you need to figure out first. You don't deliver it first. You just kind of figure out, okay, what do I want them to do? And your whole sales copy or whole sales presentation is geared to do that. It shouldn't surprise them that you're asking them to do something. So you have to ask, what do you want them to do? How can you make it quick, simple, and easy? The more you ask them to do, the harder it is, the fewer people that will do it. Think about Amazon One Click and how simple and fast that is versus all the fields you have to fill out. We know on the internet that every field, everything you ask, the more buttons you have to press, the more screens you have to go to, it reduces compliance for every single one of those that you add. Quick, simple, and easy. So what is your call to action? Then with that call to action, as you get going, I'd craft your guarantee. What is your unbeatable no-risk guarantee? I'd figure out what that is, take a deep breath, and then double it, triple it, quadruple it. Guarantees are critical when you're trying to persuade somebody. You don't lead with a guarantee, but if someone's sitting on the fence and you provide an incredible no-risk guarantee, they've got, you know, I've got everything to gain and nothing to lose. You've got to craft a guarantee, a long guarantee, to where they feel comfortable. All right, let's do this. They're sitting on the fence. They can see the benefits. They just need to be nudged over that fence just a little bit. That's where the guarantee comes in. Again, take a deep breath here. Too many people, especially entrepreneurs, think, oh, you know, what if somebody takes advantage of it? An empty bottle guarantee? Sure, I see that all the time. Especially with type makeup type products or skincare type products. Empty bottle guarantee. Oh, no, what if people take advantage of it? Maybe they will. Only 1 in 10,000 people is dishonest. I don't know that, but it makes me feel better. But a good guarantee can double and triple what you're doing. You can't worry about the few people that might take advantage of it. And I'm guilty of this, too. When I'm speaking at a convention or a seminar, I've got 90 minutes to wow the audience, to prove my worth. I've got my training materials, my DVDs, my persuasion software in the back of the room. I've got 90 minutes. And I am found out when I'm speaking to a group of entrepreneurs and I say, look, here's the guarantee. This will double your income. In the next six months, you do this, this, and this. If it doesn't, send it back for a full refund. I'll let you keep these bonuses. 
and I'll give you $100 cash just for trying it. To the point where they're sitting on the fence, they think I've got everything to gain and nothing to lose. That doubles my sales. Now, are there a few people that will love it, duplicate it, still send it back for their $100? Yeah, we tell you, it's very, very rare. When you believe in your product or service, a great guarantee is something to think about as you craft your persuasive message. Then as you start bringing this together, the power of stories. I spent countless podcasts talking about the right way to tell a story. Is that stories grab attention. They simplify complex ideas. They demonstrate who you are. Your audience gets to know you. And they persuade without detection. If you can craft a story throughout your sales copy, if you can put a couple stories in your sales copy, whatever it is, stories persuade without detection. It needs to be telling a story. Last week I talked about your before and after picture. That's your story. How before that you were just like them, that your children wouldn't listen, that they were disobedient, that they were talking back to you, that they were getting bad grades, they were getting in trouble, that all of a sudden you found and now they're perfectly obedient and they're angels and they do the dishes every night without you asking them. And their room's always clean. I might be stretching this a little bit, but you get the point to where like, wait a minute, my kids were disobedient. And then, wait, what? You did what? That's the type of thing to tell in a story. You're before and you're after picture. Whether it be weight gain, weight loss, debt, financial independence, not having any time to having extra time with time management, any of those things, that's your story. Now, make sure you're not just telling a story to tell a story. It must fit your audience. It has to support your message. Hopefully, it's a story that you've lived so they can identify to you. Because that's the key thing about a story. It has to be an identifiable character. If they can't identify with you, the person telling the story, right in the copy, then there's not going to be a connection and you're not going to be very influential. People remember stories 10 times more than anything else. Great stories do not need to be that long. But do make sure that they're believable that they can feel your passion throughout the story, and that you're being authentic. Stories are power tools that you really need to implement in your ability to influence in sales copy. Then, of course, you have to have some scarcity, a reason for them to make a decision. Because humans, it's called psychological reactants, the emotion of losing, let's say, $100 has a bigger emotional impact than gaining $100. Things are more valuable when they're scarce and less available. We know that. And so you got to put that at the end. How can you create scarcity? Is there a limited number? Does your sale end today? Are you only going to select the smartest people? Whatever it is, you got to give them a reason to make a decision. Because if they can take time to make a decision or come back later, which they won't, they will take the time. Now, can this get cheesy high lactose really fast? Oh, sure. Shoe stores. Last one left in your size. Furniture store. Going out of business. Okay. Cell phone store. Oh, the sale ends today. <laughs> right? Okay, at a seminar. Oh, UPS lost our boxes and we don't have enough to go around. Now, that might be true, but there's a high cheese factor there. And you need to create some type of urgent scarcity to help them make a decision. Because if they don't, they're not going to make a decision. couple tips here. Give them a deadline and what the reason is. Why do they need to make a decision today? Maybe prices go up at the beginning of the year. Maybe there's a shortage of something. Maybe there's a limited space. You can only coach two people a month. You could only accept three new people. Maybe there's so many people that want to be involved that you could only select so many and they're going to lose out if you're never going to do it again. Those type of things. But make sure that it's true, that it's believable, that it's real, that it's authentic. Don't just make things up. People can sense that. 
Is this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity? You're never going to do it again. Is it hard to find? Those are the type of things that make a huge difference. Now, with scarcity, I talk about this in Maximum Influence, that based on personality, that you should buffer any type of scarcity with reward. Let them know that, yeah, you're only selecting three or today's the last day. Let them know why. Give them a reason. That helps the believability. But buffer it with some type of reward. It's true, the sale ends today, but if you can do it, if you get this cell phone, I can give you an extra two gigs a month. Yeah, I'm only selecting three, but if you can make that decision today to put in your application, I'm going to give you an extra audio series. I'm going to give you fill the blank. So buffer that scarcity with some type of reward. And then final piece, you have to establish your credibility. You have something to gain. You're selling something. You're persuading them to do something. You want to get them to be something or do something. I mean, that's the bottom line. So you have to establish credibility. You can't just rely on your before and after picture. You've got to borrow it. So other people that have been through your program that are saying the same things you're saying. We know on infomercials, it's the first thing that happens. If they're trying to increase success rates, they add social validation or testimonials. You need to be putting in testimonials that's established credibility. That's borrowing credibility from other people. People that had the same problem. I was skeptical too when this happened. You need to be using testimonials to establish that credibility. They can be video testimonials. They can be audio testimonials. They can be written testimonials. You need to have testimonials. Again, you have something to gain. And I hate to say this, but it's so true that people always believe other people before they believe you. Because again, you have something to gain. So in that copywriting, borrow credibility, put in testimonials, and that'll make a big difference in your ability to influence with copywriting. Get Lincoln, and I hope this answers your question. This is a big picture. This is a science. This is a two-day seminar. But that's kind of a big picture, some things to work on in your copywriting. I'd also add to benchmark other people in their copywriting, the words they're using, the words they don't use, the type of testimonials that they use. It's good to benchmark and see what other people are doing, especially when they're really successful. If you know a particular product or service is selling well, take a look at their copy. What are they using? How do they resonate with people? Do they understand their demographic? And that can make you a much better copywriter. So Lincoln, thanks for your email. I went over two podcasts. Thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate your time, energy, and support. If you want more information, especially on guarantees, go to the archives at influenceuniversity.com. That's part of the free membership. It's episode 233. It has different types of guarantees that you can use to be more persuasive in your copy. Wish everyone a great holiday season. Remember, you can find us at YouTube and Facebook at Maximize Your Influence. Always hit the like button. Always tell your family, friends, and even enemies about Maximize Your Influence. Appreciate your listening. But just don't listen. Master these skills. Become better. Become more influential. And go out and persuade with power.